0: Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Pack.
1: So, Kurt, you do a lot with people with disabilities. Now, how did you get to that? Like, there's probably a lot of people who want, who would really want to do more than they do, right? Help people out, but they have absolutely no idea how did you get started. So tell us your story. Like, how did you get involved and what really motivated you?
0: Okay. It was with Optimist International with a local club in my area. A member owned an office building and worked with a local agency to hire people with disabilities to help with taking care of the building. And he was invited to a picnic that he couldn't go to. So as a friend, he figured that maybe I wanted to go to that picnic since he couldn't go, and that was right. I said, sure, I'll go to that picnic. So with that picnic, I learned about Developmental Disabilities Advisory Committee, and with that, then I learned about a group called People Can't Wait, which, deal, which uh, deals with wait lists, and there's not too much anymore in Wisconsin to deal with on wait lists, but I ended up going to, at the time, a legislative breakfast and meeting a gentleman by the name of Chad. Now, Chad is a gentleman that has spastic cerebral palsy, a power wheelchair user, and a self-advocate, public speaker, and um, has a degree in website design and computer graphics. And so in a networking sense, I connected to Chad, and then as a result, kept with contact with him and formed a friendship. And then in that, with social endeavors, um, invited him to come out socially to a water ski activity where you more or less would be watching and otherwise enjoy the social time. So he did that. And at the same time, I've been involved in this local water ski club um, for 30 years now, and we've been for 25 years doing adaptive water skiing. So that really was, you know, the track of my familiarity with, um, using sit skis and such like that, and so I offered this annual event to Chad, and he went in and did this event as a guest, because um, it's for a membership group called ACAP, Adaptive Community Approach Program, so Chad did that, and Chad's outgoing uh, personality and everything, you know, kept me going on this, where He eventually then joined the Water Ski Club to do our sound. And we're actually talking today about our show season this year and details around, you know, Chad doing the soundboard uh, for our water ski shows. But with this water ski thing, he then got comfortable to go from a non-ski member to actually a water skiing member. And establishing that, he actually joined me um, to share what we do and he met a gentleman um, at a therapy office, you know, just getting their physical therapy, and this Adam he meets. So now he forms a friendship there, and then he introduces Adam to me. And, you know, Chad at this time didn't get water ski in our ski show. And so we kind of got to that point where Chad was ready for that, but Adam was it. So I talked to Chad, and I said, Chad, what do you think about – you know, letting an introduction to all this with Adam, making it that he basically comes into it to be in a water ski show. So we go ahead in agreement with that, talk to Adam. Adam agrees that, yeah, he wants to ski in a water ski show and to do this adaptive skiing. So he would then go ahead, Adam would go ahead and now do this annual event that following year and then to do a demo at a community festival that we do that Chad had already done a a demo of that um, out at this festival. So now the following year, Adam's joining in. And so now we're at this point to do a water ski show. We had a dozen of our members involved and ready to go to take Adam skiing like we had done for 20 years at the time. And we had a couple members that had issue with that, you know, because it was 12 that we had organized and we're a club of 80 members. So a lot of people didn't know we were doing this. Um, and a couple of our leaders were like, why are we doing this? And um, so it was a discussion. It's, it's a story of its own. But the bottom line is, is one of the comments that was made was if Adam skis, you know, then everybody's got to ski. You know, so kind of that opening up a can of worms type of thing that, that you don't want to go down that road. But that's kind of where I got unsettled. I figured, you know what, that's actually a road I do want to go down, and that's why Hi. I've organized all these people. So it really was, you know, an eye-opener. It really was revealing. Um, it really was a spiritual connection to say, let's look at the world we live in that stuff like that happens. A gentleman that should equally be able to ski in the ski show as me is told, no, it's too many problems to make it worth it. But yet a guy like me, I'm on demand two or three days a week in the community to do this. So, you know, a gentleman that's a power wheelchair user, no, you know, he's good to maybe do that annual event or, you know, that's always a separate issue. That's segregation, you know. So I got involved to say, this is not right. You know, we should be able to, in our marketplaces, in our communities, you know, create a platform and a format by which everybody can be included. So that, that really was the inspiration. And we ended up working together to take, um, you know, the sit-ski um, equipment and to take the, you know, the approach of people with disabilities water skiing and running an actual inclusive uh, water skiing program campaign, Inclusion to Water Skiing message and um, took it around to a lot of communities in Wisconsin and um, in the right place for it. Wisconsin is the show ski capital of the world here. And um, so we have 32 communities we serve with the Wisconsin Water Ski Federation. And we were right in the middle of that. We have the largest water ski show tournament in the world out of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. And we were able to connect to do demonstrations during this event which has a thousand competitors and tens of thousand people, tens of thousands of people that it reaches doing this event annually every year, um, and to now demonstrate adaptive water skiing with a sit ski and that attracted to us twenty leaders that wanted to join in with us.
1: So you really is it right you were able to go from
0: so the inclusion to water skiing to now we're over twenty seven. So you were able more than to go, Quintupling,
1: yeah, that's I mean, it's awesome. And this all happened. To, what really got me is when you were talking. It was out of the conversation where you were in a we were told no. Correct. It, and you you got to experience yourself, kind of the. Um, What's the right word for that? The discrimination. You got to experience the discrimination almost firsthand of someone who is capable of doing something that, and someone else trying to say, no, you can't do it. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and and that's the, the awesome crusade that, you know, a quarter of our country and a quarter of our world, you know, lives day in and day out. You know, so this is a wake-up call to say, whether as entrepreneurs, whether as business people, whatever profession you are, whatever walk of life you have, look at our churches, look at, you know, disability ministry, which I convert to ability ministry, um, membership to groups like Lions, Kiwanis, Rotary Optimist Club, United Way, name your favorite community group, and how are you doing, you know, to provide membership that... People with disabilities are members, just like you. And then lifelong learning, kindergarten on past doctorate degree, lifelong learning experience. How are we doing making it available to everybody? That people with disabilities are a part of that evolution of the knowledge commons, and you know how knowledge gets shared and taught. You know how are we doing that using assistive technology and so forth? And agency work. You know, I was just at an aging conference um, earlier. Um, this week, and it was actually an advocacy day. We were at Madison, the state capitol, talking to the legislators and looking at how lawmakers and, you know, policymakers and all the news on Capitol Hill today and, and how this type of life insight is lacking with the powerhouses of the world. You know, America being, you know, like a superpower image, and yet we have this Achilles heel weakness, you know, that we must attend to. And we've taken a little bit of a 25 year hiatus and I'm here to wake that up at all levels. For sure, the business community needs a lot of help to be functional and use human resource in a way like we really haven't gotten our minds around how to do it, you know, entirely. You know, there's a lot of success stories out there, you know, but it's not a universal experience yet and we need to do that now. There's enough testimony to it that everybody needs to get in the game and let's do this now.
1: When you first told me about it, one of the things that really struck me was the perspective that you came at it from. It, and what I remember when you first told me it, that struck me was that you came at it from the standpoint of, oh, you let's say you're an organization, you're a membership organization, and you have these goals that you're trying to achieve and you need resource, human resources to do it, Right. And here sits, you know, in your community, probably 25% of the people who you don't even consider as potentials to solve your own problem. People who, who have the capability of doing it, but you just exclude them, not, not even thinking about it, right? Just totally, it's not like you're thinking, oh, I don't want them. You don't even think, of, you don't even, it doesn't even occur to you. And the answer to what your challenges could be right there. Are you a business and you have the same thing? I think I told you I worked with a woman who was deaf. She had a really hard time finding a job originally. And this was with a technology company that she came to work. I remember when she first came, it was like, okay, well, what do we need to do different for her? Anything? And it was kind of like, well, what can't, what can't she do? Uh, well, she can't talk on the telephone because she can't hear. okay what else? Well, that's it. That's the only thing she can't do. Well, can she text? Yeah. Can she type? Yeah. She read lips. She did, I mean, so here's a person who was in a lot of cases just discounted, who had tons of capabilities, but wasn't really in the, in the mix, you know, it was kind of excluded from the mix and she was really a solution, you know, right there. In any case, um it really st- the point of that was that you really struck me when you talked about this 25% of the population that might be the answer for a lot of the issues that we have problems we're trying to solve it, that 25% those people might have be the resources to solve those
0: yeah that yeah that's exactly right so really like in the state of Wisconsin here i look at that, You know, I'm looking at what I call now the mighty million, you know, here in the state of Wisconsin. And what I mean by that is that when you look at Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Social Security disability, you look at um, accessible reserve parking spaces, you look at subscribers to or uh, buyers of assistive technology in this whole realm, you know, in this 25 percent realm. And, you know, in terms of what's going through government, you know, we're hitting about a million people are running through that vein. And, you know, so it's to look at the human resource of Wisconsin in a new way to say that we are underutilizing a million people here in Wisconsin. And our governor, Scott Walker, you know, kind of has a little philosophy of, you know, like a public service and you know, kind of like all these agencies and, you know, public transit and all this stuff and totally devaluing it like it's a charity that government's doing and government can't be in the business of charity. And, you know, this is just really unfortunate because it becomes a dialogue of a pot A and a pot B or a team A and a team B. So it's kind of setting up our government or setting up our churches or setting up our community groups or setting up our education or setting up our employment sector or our business, or our sales team, and all of this, everything in our world, setting it all up that we have the A team out there, which is 75% of population. And then you have that 25% that is marginalized. And immediately from the paradigm we live, we are reducing their output based on our impression, observation, attitude, spirit, where our heart's at, how we think, everything immediately puts them at an unasked for disadvantage, you know, and an approach that people aren't asking for. So if we can rethink this and to get out of this echo chamber bubble mentality to say that we as 75%, you know, running in an ableist, um, you know, segregating, discriminating, marginalizing way and just being, you know, cycling between ourselves and not enjoying the fruits of labor as much as we could be of the other 25%, and then leaving them over there, that they're in their echo chamber bubble, and there's this great divide which says, okay, segregation is alive and well in America and in the world, and and, and for no good reason. It's not good wisdom. We are not going to solve the world's problems by by staying in the same mentality that created the problems of the world. And so what the world needs to do is to say we are one population of the planet. You know, we are one settlement of where we are on our place on Earth. The world is our oyster, and we are one group of people, one group of people, not two, not, not those that, you know, are kind of in this privileged, you know, socioeconomic status you know, falsely claimed, and then you have the others like, oh, we feel sorry for them, and we pity them, and, and all this stuff that they're not asking for, and we need to make it one team. So we need one team USA, like I'm doing here in Wisconsin, one team Wisconsin that says, you know, we are one group of people within our borders that can reach out to America and can reach out to the world together as one population of millions here in Wisconsin. And so that's tens of millions of people nationwide. And so we need to think about that. Tens of millions of people, like this week, being arrested, doing civil acts of disobedience out at the nation's capital because we have not solved this segregation yet. And people with disabilities are the largest minority group, and they exclude no other minority so the disability minority group is the only perfectly inclusive demographic. No other demographic on planet Earth or in America or anywhere you want to talk about, no other group of people is as inclusive as the the demographic of people with disabilities. So if you want to open up your business or your your religion or your school or your government work or – you know your community groups you know to everybody you perfect disability you then master ability and that's how i present people with disabilities as the master of ability so if you want your best employee i recommend hiring a person with a disability
1: the, the, it really is um it's kind of amazing just listening as you're talking about that thinking about this is a concept a long time ago someone introduced it to me uh, it was the concept of mutual self-interest. And this had to do with the employer-employee relationship. He talked about mutual self-interest. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, that concept really applies here, that it, um, everyone has their own unique ability. Every person has a unique ability. And if they can apply the unique ability to solve problems, whatever the problem or challenge is, if they can, if they can apply that to do it, how much can get accomplished, right? So, and it made me think of a woman that I know who's confined to a wheelchair. And she's working at, so anyway, so she's living at home, not really able to get around very well. She can't travel unless someone can help her. She can drive, but she needs help getting in and out of the car. So it, that whole thing is difficult. And I mean, it's, it, for reasons of, of the, uh, her illness, there's only, certain times of day she can work or so many hours at a time. But so that's her situation now. And that's just a situation because it turns out she's excellent on the phone. She has a huge amount of empathy for people. She's an she turns out she's an outstanding customer service problem solving type person. Right. And because of her situation, it's actually an advantage to a lot of businesses where she can be available pretty much whenever they want her, right? She's happy to get up early or work late, right? You know, she only wants to work so many hours at a time, but she doesn't mind talking to people real early in the morning about issues, um, and she's super empathetic. So it's like she has this ability, and and – how easy it would be not to tap into her because she's sitting in her house, right? And can't get out, but as a huge contribution to make. And the, and I guess the point, here's the point of that is that it's the mutual self interest. It's like my interest, you know, if I look after my own interest, she actually can help me serve my own needs. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, a definite mutual aid opportunity. And so when I talk about the 25% and 75%, there's definite reciprocity there in both bubbles, um, can break through that barrier. Um, you know, that defines the the bubbles that, that I am portraying this with and, you know, can have that mastermind relationship, um, you know, and kind of get all that stuff going that goes on within our segregated um, circles and, you know, kind of bridge the divide and a lot of magic happens. And, you know, what we know to be true is, you know, a hundred percent of people has no intention, you know, to this, you know, so really all it takes is, you know, a simple idea that's relevant to each and every person. So when we do it one person at a time. We take a person, figure out their story, and, and to figure out what life has not availed to them in this paradigm and in these thoughts of integration. And once you get into it, it's pretty universally accepted. You know, I've not met a one person, you know, in my advocacy the last five years where I've been doing this um, quite largely and, and with this bigger. Um, I've not met one person that, that does not share this intent, you know, so it's more of a negligence than, than it is some sort of an aggressive act to be segregating this way. And out of Milwaukee, um, there's a gal that's pretty notable for what she does with downhill skiing and with the CWAS program, Southeastern Wisconsin, um, you know, adaptive ski program. And she was on the the news station and one of the sound clips that some bites that really got me is she said you know we love what we have going on out here and it's really something you know this is the stuff that makes grown men cry you know so that that's what we're experiencing is, is men getting out on a ski hill using the sit ski and realizing what they've been doing with downhill skiing prior to doing this activity with people that have a disability and using this adaptive equipment. And then once they experience that, it's so overwhelming and it's such, um, an inspiration and it's just so captivating. Like, you know, it's just opening up a whole new window in life that it brings the emotion that the tears flow. And it's like, bro, man, I experienced that with the gentleman out of um, St. Louis that came to the, national tournament in Rockford, Illinois, for um, a national show ski tournament, and um, he did a demo with me with adaptive skiing, because St. Louis has great adaptive water skiing, and I gave him the mic. People were used to me, you know, I'm known as the voice of adaptive water skiing, and I gave him the mic. I'm like, you guys made this happen, you know, somebody tell the story of what you guys are doing in St. Louis, and what this means to be in uh, Rockford, Illinois, doing this demonstration. And he got up and he's getting into it and and he broke down crying. You know, it was just so meaningful. And, and just think if we can instill in our workplaces and our sales teams and our executive teams and, and all of that, if we can get this passion into the work we do in the world and in our local areas, you know, how much of a boost it's going to be in our performance and our productivity and in our retention rates and, and, um, you know, work satisfaction, you know, um, it's just going to improve so much in in workspace, play space, you know, religious space, you know, everything in the world, you know, we're really going to change the world if we take on integration and, um, you know, really allow it to happen.
1: It sounds just like a win, win, win situation.
0: For sure. For sure. Because it, Cause it's an unnecessary void and gap that is left lurking out there. And if we take attention to it, it, it's literally a quantum leap. I mean, just, you know, in, in the best that you could fathom it, I mean, just try to imagine what I experienced, you know, being here in Wisconsin, five inclusive programs, and now we more than quintupled it having 20 leaders You know, being in events that, you know, involve 1,000, reach a 10,000, you know, range, and, you know, and this thing is just spiraling out. And then the Medical College of Wisconsin doing an adaptive sports and rec expo that involved over 60 programs to make that happen um, a couple years ago. And, And then, you know, it ended up being 50 programs on the grounds of a high school on one day. So one high school, one day over 50 programs of adaptive sports and rec and none of the programs were aware of that. You know, all these professionals and all these avid advocates, people been in the game, you know, for decades, you know, thinking, you know, maybe, you know, the avid ones would be saying 25, 30, you know, might be our roster. And then when we really did this medical college of Wisconsin project and we learned it was, you know, over 60 and we could have over 50 on the grounds at once, all Six over sixty of us all learn how abundant this really has been, and nobody knew. So the idea is, we're just you know experiencing an awakening giant. You know that's really what this is. This has been a giant in our country and in our world for um, twenty-five plus years, and you know it's kind of an interesting timing. Because the political climate and the economic climate and the challenges of the world are suppressing us so much, um, there's a lot of scarcity being delivered to, you know, just millions and millions and millions of people around, and it's creating quite an attitude, you know, for folks at home. And, And if we could just harness this abundant topic, you know, we could just really serve you know, that, that antagonistic and, and conversation of agony, and we could come and rescue in rescue and mutual aid format. I'm a board member of the working board of the, of humans united and mutual aid networks. And we're evoking time banking and, you know, sharing economy and, you know, barter and, you know, things of, Um, you know, with things that we have, like in families, you can do hand-me-downs and stuff like that. So these, um, sports and so forth do like equipment swaps and stuff like that. And, you know, you can have, you know, community gardens and land shares and, you know, you can just do all this kind of neat stuff, um, which gets us away from this false barrier of the God almighty dollar, the fiat dollar you know, what Bitcoin is doing out there and all this stuff. There, there's a lot of great stuff going around in the planet. We've got all these little think tanks that are kind of creating this magnificent breath of fresh air, given what's going on in our world. And I'm sensing a convergence in this, and it's going to be a struggle. It's, it's a growing pains of the world. And, and I think people with disabilities are the masters to help us get out of this in the best way possible.
1: It's really interesting. Now, uh, you know, our really, our, our topic here on Harness the Web is how do we take the internet or how do you use the internet or leveraging it to help you or facilitate the kinds of things that you're trying to accomplish? What are you doing today with that?
0: Well, the idea is as much uh, as I'm finding, you know, magnificent enjoyment and tremendous results. You know, it's this attitude of as great as it's going for me, I don't claim to have a monopoly, you know, on the greatest ideas. So the internet is that resource. It is. I mean, it is how you tap the abundance of the planet. You know, I was um, talking to a gentleman on the other side of the world, and you know, he's following what we're talking about, and he wants help in you know his community and his village, and you know, how we're going to do it. And he's asking me to mentor him. And that's all going on, you know, through the limits of his nation. Um, You know, he can't enjoy something like what we're doing, you know, right now, you know, um, the limits there in his village, the internet is there, but about all it's availing is to exchange text. And, And so, you know, we're just blowing through that. I mean, I'm addressing, you know, folks that don't even have the internet, actually, but through six degrees of separation and, you know, just kind of availing your networks and, you know, through the telephone series type thing or, you know, path, you know, the messenger uh, relay race type thing, you know, um, thinking of all that stuff, you know, we can really circle the globe quite magnificently. And so simulcasting is kind of a big deal where, you know, live streaming, And I'm doing an event October 1st. And, you know, the way I'm looking at it is I'm helping events now through October 1st do what they want to do and use technology and uh, get the webcams going, get other capable videographers going and, you know, try to funnel as much as you can in the internet. And with government work, I'm trying to tell Madison, Wisconsin, I'm like, I want to see like when I'm uh, working as vice chair of the Wisconsin council on physical disabilities, we have Skype for business though. and people can dial in on their telephones and they can get Skype going on their computer. And when we're in the room, you know, the, um, department of health services, they have the technology there that as I'm talking, the camera picks up from my direction and people can see me talking. And if somebody on the other side of the circle of the tables, um, if it's on the other side of the room, the camera will switch over to there. And so creating this participation where people across the country, if they're thinking we're doing awesome things out of Madison, Wisconsin, that you all can, you know, chime in and listen in and and then from a household standpoint, using all the tools of Facebook, doing Facebook Lives, if you go on my profile, you'll see I'm, you know, doing Facebook Lives and you know, doing the YouTube and, you know, just all the social media stuff, the Pinterest, you know, because I try to get people where they're at. So if somebody has a habit of any kind, I try to work with that habit and get what, what I feel is a possibility or what I offer into that habit. You know, so whether they're using, you know, feeling comfortable with Yahoo groups or, you know, listservs, um, text blasts, you know, this is a double after in society. It's like, okay, I can do messaging all this way. Let's set that up and then, you know, create that. If you kind of lose interest in that, that I can pop you out so that you're only getting the the messaging and the experience from me that you want. And um, so my local area I'm going to have on October 1st, 200 people together, 15 resource tables, a live band, a very eventful thing. It's going to be open to everybody around the world. and, And everything I do is kind of in this global community premise and it's all local to global and and everybody's different some people like to be private some people like to be off the grid you know all this stuff so we have to find ways that how people are making decisions and how they live their life and their format that we keep this going that we help people be the best version of themselves you know i don't set it up that because it's so great you know what zoom or you know, Google Hangouts and all that stuff is doing, you know, yeah, people can go and do all this great stuff for what it is on that side, but what is it doing for a person? You know, how is that person really thriving, you know, in how we're using that technology? And again, people with disabilities demonstrate that so well with the assistive technologies they use and how that whole community of people of 10, you know, 10 million people around the US that, you know, kind of shape. You know how we format assistive technology, and you know do stuff on the web. Um, you know for the sake of them, and, and to get them in the game, and and to yield their productivity and their great ideas, and you know the great experience that they can avail upon the rest of us, and to just be another one of us. You know, just make this one workforce in Wisconsin, one workforce around the world, and, and all this stuff. So to me, that's what technology is doing is leveling the playing field for everybody. Even if you're not using technology, even if you're a no-tech person, there's a way that we can make it work even if you're not the one doing it. Because we all have different roles. We all have those different talents, different abilities, diverse abilities. And with technology and the web, we have to respect that as well. So I think that's what we're experiencing, um, you know, even with the, you know, challengers out there, the hackers, you know, and, and all the news of, you know, the internet security being challenged and our government really looking into how can we be more secure? You know, I think as some of these non internet, you know, non internet based or that, that are not technology, but these other forces play into it as well because technology and the web is applied use of tools. So the web is availing application of internet tools and how all that works is largely driven by what we're doing when we're not using technology. You know, so we're we're kind of seeing the character of the world in what we're seeing on the internet, and uh, that's the opportunity. As the world reveals itself on the web, you know, we can better respond to that, and um, you know, keep growing together as people of the planet um, to make all of this in the web work better for us and for each individual, for all the u- uniquenesses people have.
1: Karina, you're certainly passionate about what you're doing. It, I mean, it just comes through. You can't exude passion. Now, what can a person listening to this, um, you know, in their own world, you know, from where they're sitting, who's, you know, not really involved at all, but, you know, here's something here and what you're saying, what's something that they can do to get started? themselves
0: well I mean when we're talking about the web I mean again everybody's across the board so you know it's kind of a a difficult thing to say I could give a starting point that'd be the right starting point I might this may be listened to by an internet guru you know who Mm -hmm. you know can teach very much as well as I can you know use of you know social media and email blasts and you know website design and you know all of these things so so i guess again it's technology is applied use of tools so i guess i would always check in with what is somebody's business plan what is their personal plan what is their operational plan you know when they're not using web tools or anything you know how does that work i mean if we're going to talk about you know the ability side of things and the assistive side um
1: yeah, what you know, can't someone do started. Yeah, what can someone do to get involved in that?
0: Um, I mean, there too. I mean, it's a check-in which side of the divide are we at. You know, are we talking to somebody who is in the 25% realm and kind of gets everything I'm saying and wants to join me and, you know, reach the, you know, the segregating population, the population out there that's marginalizing? Um, You know, to me, when you're setting up a mastermind relationship and building reciprocities, it becomes uh, a challenge of being interested as compared to being interesting, you know. So we as disability advocates can go out and have a very interesting message, and, and we just become this force that comes upon somebody who may realize their frailties and their their misguided approach, you know, and then you have the, you know, the people who are a little bit removed from the disability advocacy and realizing the life of somebody with a disability. And they may be looking at that, you know, maybe misplaced view of what 25% of the population is like, you know, they're lazy. They don't want to work. Oh my gosh. They, they're fortunate to have all these government programs. They're, they're privileged to be able to get the, you know, reserved accessible parking spots. You know, there, there's a lot set up, you know, like um you know like senator johnson in our state you know you talk to his office and trying to do things in the world and you know they're holding on to our laurels they're like if people in the world want to know how to do it right you know for people with disabilities you know just have them go through the americans with disabilities act like that's the master plan And, and it's like no that was the starting point we set up 25 years ago senator johnson we need to get into you know being the the world leader, and move it forward. So, you know, so I think people that are in that 75%, um, you know, can really check into their heart, check into their mind, figure out what what they have in their belly, and and to say, you know, can can they just sit back and come up with high-yielding questions to really enter into this space of the more you know, the more you realize what you don't know, and, and that you have to be that ready student, you know, if you're on that side of it. And then so on both sides of that fence, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. So I think we have to be, you know, students uh, of the position on the other side and and to be that force of unification. And so I think that's the starting point is checking in with yourselves. Like my attitude, as much as I could go out there as an expert, you know, I'm not an expert in your life, Steve. You know, anybody I'd be introduced to, I'm not an expert. And what's going on in their life? So I have to think of relevance. Check into relevance with whatever might be between our ears and and may reside in our heart and stir in our in our belly. You know, it, it has to be something that's in balance with the other part. You know, and and so I think that's the starting point: is what's the the capacity they have? You know, for the ability conversation to really be ready to say that they will be a player. That'll be about team unification and to um, erase segregation, you know, um, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I have a dream, you know, and he talked about on the racial divide, you know, how all races can play together, you know. And I think as much as the, you know, the, the racial advocacy is so strong and whatever, they're appealing to the disability advocacy and vice versa you know, all the minority groups have to get together to be one. And even with majority or whoever we're trying to play with, you know, like when in Rome do as the Romans, um, you know, it's a tenuous thing. You know, people's feelings get hurt. You're dealing with so much stuff. Um, When you're in the realm of disability, you have intellectual and developmental disabilities, deaf, blind, physical disabilities, alcohol and other substance abuse. And you have, you know, mental health aspects, you know, so you could be getting into suicide ideation, you know, so when we do an act and use our freedom of speech, you know, we have to check in, you know, do we really understand the ramifications of what we're radiating out into the world? You know, it starts getting us into this perspective of, you know, the secret and the law of attraction and, you know, simple adages of what goes around comes around. And, um, you know, so, so in their life, you know, I think the huge opportunity is, is that if you have not been a very inclusive person, or if you're a company that has not been practicing inclusive hiring, um, first of all, check in with Microsoft. Microsoft has a tremendous YouTube video, uh, Microsoft Inclusive Hiring. I think everybody in the world should be plugging into that Microsoft message. A lot of people pick on Microsoft and such like that, but um, the guy from the UK that, that drove the spirit of that message, uh, very short time investment, just a couple minutes, and, and you can really get the spirit of the value to a corporation um, that inclusive hiring is, and it translates to the mom and shops. You know, even if you're a group of two or three people in, in your team or, you know, a one-person show. And, you know, if you're trying to do something in the marketplace or reach decision-makers, The chance to become more competent and capable, understanding, and, you know, have that sensitivity that's right, you know, in engaging with people with disabilities. It's like when you go to another country, you know, like you're going to do business in China. You have to know how do the Chinese do business and how do the Japanese do business. And that's the unfortunate thing. With the disability sector, it's still kind of that type of thing. It's kind of like we have to take somewhat of a different approach when we reach out to people with disabilities, but it shouldn't be that way. People with disabilities want to be, you know, just as much a part of Wisconsin or a part of the USA as any other American. You know, and that's been the purpose of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And, you know, with the generation passing, um, you know, we've kind of are back to the drawing board in many ways you know, to check in. We're back to the same struggles we had in the 80s and even back to the 40s and 50s, mind you. You know, so, so our capacity to harness this on the web, you know, and to make it available to everybody on planet Earth, um, we haven't done that. And that's a huge opportunity um, that people can do that and reflect it in something as simple as a YouTube video, a Facebook video, and I think if we create this global conversation, um, it'll impact people um, in every home or place on the planet. You know, but to the person, it's a matter of, you know, when I get to a business person, I'm and I've told this to you, Steve. I'm like, do we want to, you know, plunge out there with what we have as a product or service to to 75% of the marketplace, or do we want to harness 100%? of you know, so, so learning about intellectual and developmental disabilities, autism, Down syndrome, whatever you want to look into to understand the blind and how they can help us better shape audible messages. Because when you don't have your sight and you just rely on sound, they're going to be our experts. Like you were talking uh, from the deaf community. You know, if they don't have their hearing, they're going to be great to check in how are we doing on our visual message. You know, and you think of like football games you can watch a football game and hear what that television commentator is saying, or you can listen to it on the radio. You can turn off your TV sound, listen to it on the radio, and then hear that impact of how better of an experience you have listening to radio where they're going on the presumption you're not seeing anything. And then you're seeing it with a complete, you know, color commentary off the radio. Um, You know, it's a, a pretty, um, you know, a pretty creative way, you know, to um, get everything out of the football, game. you know, if you're trying to do that. Um, so you can just go on and on, you know, like churches, you know, with these community groups, you know, a lot of times it's about money, and it's about people, you know, so when you're on a board of a community group, those are the two things you're managing, people and money, where are you going to get the people, and then as you're trying to do things with people, where's the money going to come from fundraising, and all that stuff. So again, if we're You know, honing down to 75% of our community, how are we going to maximize our recruitment? How are we going to maximize our participation? How are we going to maximize our ability to, um, you know, to reach our dollar goals and fundraising when we immediately, inherently cut off 25% of those we could be reaching right out of the gate? And when you get into the disability bubble, I mean, that's just a haven. You know what I've been doing the last five years has just been very uh free flowing um because they're marginalized and segregated and left off into their own little world when somebody comes in to at least be respectable it it's received um with open arms you know um just you know a great working relationship um with every person in these disability networks and um You know, so I think it's a great opportunity to do that. But, you know, it takes doing what I did. You know, when I found out that I wasn't getting the people water skiing the way I thought maybe it could have been happening, you know, and I started reaching the independent living centers and the aging and disability resource centers and all these agencies like Easter Seals and Special Olympics and everybody out there and realizing all their challenges, you know, because of these unasked for challenges, um, you know, I really got in the game and got involved at every level, you know, churches, community groups, educational aspects, the, this agency work, and then the business community. So that we're, we're at networking meetings, like business networking international, look at the membership of BNI business networking international and how much it is not people with disabilities. It's kind of gross. So, but all that means is it's a great opportunity. You know, like I'm doing with the Wisconsin Water Ski Federation, we're a thousand members strong, and so I'm figuring that that we could have a couple hundred members, um, you know, coming up to us in the few years ahead. I call it my 2020 vision. You know, we could grow from a thousand people to 1,200 people uh, for the disabled division alone. You know, and everybody with what they're doing, they can experience the same type of expansion opportunity. Um, if they start reaching out to and researching, um you know, the disability contacts that are in their backyard or in their marketplaces.
1: That is awesome. We could probably talk for another hour. I know you could talk for a couple hours more on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh we're going to run out of time. So what I'd like to do is sure. really get one of the things you gave, and I'll, I'll put this up on the website, on harnesstheweb.net, the, a link to that Microsoft video because I think that's a great thing for people to go and reach or to, to, to review for themselves, maybe ask themselves that question, where is, the, where is this impacting your life, right? It could be whatever side of your life it is. I guess how do they reach out to you or where else can they go to find out more information or if they've got an idea, where do they go to do something with it?
0: Yeah, everybody can feel free to email me, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at tk, And my phone number is 262-720-7031. Um, you can get me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Roscoffs. And, um, and you can Google me. You can look me up on LinkedIn. Um you know Skype and Hey Kurt H U I K U R T on Skype. Um, but like I say, Google with everything that's been going on in the last five years, um, you know, I think I might be one of the most reachable people on the planet. So, cool. so Kurt Roscoff should not be hard to find.
1: Cool. I I will put all those links uh, up with the show notes for this too. And uh, what I want to really thank you for taking the time to be with us today, to share your passion with us, really to Really, kind of, hopefully, awaken. I know if it's happened for me that you've awakened this um, prejudice that I didn't even know I had. You know, and and maybe there's an opportunity for myself, right, or for whoever's listening, that if they just, ch- you know, change their focus a little bit, there may be new solutions to problems they have, just in the resources that are around them that they're not taking, they're not thinking of. So. In any case, I want to thank you again for being here and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks.
0: You bet. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity. Take care. Have a question for Steve? Tweet him now at harness the web or on Facebook, facebook.com slash harness the web. Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Peck. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll see you next time.